Welcome to the Constant Source Podcast, where we are reimagining family discipleship. Hello, I'm your host, Ken Kuhn, and welcome back to the Constant Source Podcast. This week, our topic is on generosity, specifically God's generosity and the way in which God has been so generous with each of us. But before jumping in, I wanted to invite you to take a moment to rate our podcast. We've been hearing some really great things through the review section and the rating section on places like iTunes. And these ratings are so important because they help draw people towards this podcast and continue to help support the work of our ministry here at Constant Source. So if you have a couple minutes, it'd be great if you would leave us a rating. And finally, before jumping in, I just wanted to say a quick thanks to the patrons and subscribers that help support this show and the work of Constant Source. If you're interested in joining that team of people who support the work here at Constant Source, There are links to our website and our Patreon in the show notes below. Without any further ado, let's jump into this week's issue called Godly Generosity. Our readings this week come from the books of Psalm, Isaiah, 1 Corinthians, and John. Let's start out this morning with Psalm 36, verses 5 through 10. Receive now the word of the Lord. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your judgments are like the great deep. You save humans and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. All people may take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. O continue your steadfast love to those who know you and your salvation to the upright of heart. A quick survey of our scripture passage that we just read for this week reveals that God is so generous. More specifically, we see that our God loves to give gifts, all kinds of gifts. I think it's safe to say that generosity is a quintessential characteristic of God. Furthermore, this is a really important truth that should animate our perspective as we go about our lives this year. But before we set any expectations, let's take a look at the ways that the Bible depicts God's generosity and discuss what it does and doesn't mean for our lives. Any of our readings could have been used as the key text for this week, but Psalm 36 provides a unique perspective on the character of God and the gifts we receive. Throughout verses 5 through 10, we see seven gifts named. Steadfast love in verse 5, faithfulness in verse 5, salvation in verse 6, refuge in verse 7, abundance and delight in verse 8, and life in verse 9. While we have talked in depth about many of these um, pieces in past issues of Constant Source Weekly, we haven't necessarily always named them as gifts. In fact, most often when we talk about these truths, we name them as characteristics of God, which they are. However, When we also name them as gifts, our understanding of who God is deepens. Let's talk about gifts for a moment. In the New Testament, there are two Greek words that are most commonly translated to gift in English, daron and charisma. Daron means to freely give something without payment. This is a gift like you often receive for your birthday or over Christmas. Charisma, on the other hand, directly translate to a gift or favor bestowed. The English word for gift in this case is akin to talent or a skill that is given. You may have also noticed that the second Greek word is the etymological root of the word for charisma in English. 
The important takeaway here is that both definitions of gift are present in the characteristics of God named in Psalm 36. For example, when we say that God gives us the gift of refuge, we are saying that God both gives us a safe place to shelter from life, like in the form of family or community, but we are also saying that God is intrinsically that shelter, which is alluded to in Psalm 36. God's very characteristics or God's way of being is a gift to God's people. In other words, because generosity is central to who God is, every move that God makes is a gift. Now that we've established that God gives great gifts and is generous, let's consider what this does and doesn't mean for us. First and foremost, it doesn't mean that because we are followers of God that life will be simple or that we will acquire huge amounts of wealth. The myth that God's generosity looks like material wealth is often referred to as the prosperity gospel. This teaching privileges individual relationships with God over the importance of God's collective people, and it twists stories of God's providence to exaggerate individual gain. Just to be clear, when we study the life of Christ, we never see Christ do anything for personal gain, but rather only for the benefit of the collective whole or for others. In other words, God's generosity doesn't always look like material prosperity, and when it does, it is rarely supposed to be used for selfish gain. That being said, what this does mean is that God is generous with us so that we can be generous with others. Discipleship, at its core, is all about learning from the example of the teacher and implementing Jesus' practices and characteristics into our own lives. When we look at the characteristics of God in Psalm 36, we see an example of gifts that we are to receive, embody, and pass on to others. In our other scripture readings, we witness gifts that should influence our identity, are meant to be shared, and uniquely equip us to be generous with others. As followers of God, we are called to be set apart and to emulate Christ, being a people focused on generosity in the face of a culture that prizes individual achievement and accumulation of wealth is clearly countercultural. Let's join in on God's joy and embrace giving generously of the gifts that we have received. As we process through what we've heard about generosity today, here are a couple of reflection questions for you to consider. First, which gifts from God from the list found in Psalm 36 have you experienced in the last year? Take a moment to reflect on those gifts. Next, while it is God's desire for each of our lives that we would prosper, prosperity rarely occurs in isolation. Reflect on the differences between personal wealth and the generosity that we see present throughout the Bible. Finally, consider what ways you may be able to pursue generosity in 2019. And remember, this is not just financial, but in our talents, skills, and time as well. As you go about connecting with your family on the topic of generosity this week, pray this prayer. Lord God, thank you for being a God who loves to give gifts. Lord, may we know your generosity today, and may we be people who are known for our generosity towards others. Help us to give selflessly and joyously in the same way that Jesus did. Amen. Take a moment to share what you've learned with your kids. Talk to your kids about the ways you are processing through the difference between selfish and selfless gifts. Share with them what you have learned about godly generosity. Finally, the last way we always connect with our families is through wondering together. 
However, our wonder section this week actually corresponds with the next reading, so we'll come back to it after we talk about our reading from Isaiah. Isaiah 62, 1-5 reads, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until her vindication shines out like the dawn, and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication, and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no more be termed forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolate. And you shall be called, My delight is in her, and your land married. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your builder marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. In this reading from Isaiah, we see the gift of a new name. Isaiah is specifically talking about the vindication of Jerusalem and the redemption of that particular city, which functioned as a geographical marker for God's people, but also as a placeholder for the community. We have talked a lot about Christian identity lately and other issues of constant source. And while the scripture is being declared over Jerusalem, as we see in other parts of the Bible, God does the same thing for us. We receive a new name. The unique emphasis here is on moving out of one's old sinful identity, which was named as forsaken, and into a new identity as one in whom God finds delight. Take a moment to consider this reflection question. Have you stopped to think about how much power is held in a name? What does being called delightful mean to you? All right, so keeping this in mind, let's return to the wonder section. With your kids, talk about the power of names. Remind them of the reasons you gave them the names you did, and then ask them what other names they've been called. Good or bad, the names and titles we give to people influence the way they think about themselves. Take this opportunity to both affirm through naming them with a positive characteristic and remind them that calling people mean names is not appropriate. Use terms like bold, strong, and smart to help your kids understand the way that you think about them and what the power of a name truly is. Our next reading is from 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the only one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, all these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. In this reading from 1 Corinthians, we see that the emphasis is on charisma gifts, talents or skills that are to be shared. 
We've all heard of spiritual gifts, and if you grew up in a Christian family, chances are pretty high that you've taken an assessment at some point in your life to figure out what yours are. While these gifts are really important, the emphasis in light of our theme is on verse 7. Before even talking about the gifts, Paul makes it clear that their purpose is for the communal good. In other words, they are gifts out of which we are able to give to others. So keeping with this theme, here's a question to consider. What are some gifts, skills, or talents that you have been gifted to share with others? What is one of the ways that you can live into your spiritual gifting in the next week? Our final reading comes from the book of John. John 2, 1 through 11 reads, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is it to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. In this final reading, Jesus provides a physical gift for the hosts of the wedding. There is so much to learn from this story. From the faithfulness of Mary to the provision of Jesus, this is one of my favorite miracles. Take notice of the ways that the wine is both for the bride and groom, but also for the attendees. Even though the couple might receive the best gift because it was a cultural taboo to run out of wine during a wedding celebration, the crowd benefits the most because, counter to the culture, the best wine was saved for last. Think about a physical blessing that you have received or some part of your life that you continually benefit from. How is that gift being used to the benefit of others as well, whether you are the main driver of that or not? Mirroring God's generosity is countercultural. Take a moment this week to do something generous for your spouse or a coworker. Remember that there are many ways to bless those around you. May you be a blessing to others. Thank you for taking the time to check out Constant Source Podcast this week. If you'd like to start receiving our weekly digital devotional, you can find a link in the show notes. If you want to learn more about who Constant Source is and what we're up to, check us out at theconstantsource.com. If you like what you're hearing here and you want to weigh in on some of the theological topics that we talk about and you want to support the work of the show, check us out at patreon.com slash constantsource. Lastly, we are on social media. On Twitter, we are at constant underscore source. On Instagram, we're at constant source. And on Facebook, we are at facebook.com backslash constant source. May your family be blessed. Have a great week.